Join me, Chelsea Erson, on season three of my podcast, Dear Young Rocker. Tune in to hear some of my favorite musicians tell stories from their awkward musical beginnings, reconnect with the teenager they used to be, and remember what it's like to fall in love with your favorite band for the first time. Listen to Dear Young Rocker Season 3 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In our episode last week, we spoke with Taylor about divorce and a father not being present in a kid's life at all and what that felt like. This week, we are going to talk about what it's like when a parent is present, but maybe that presence is inconsistent. So I grew up in a single parent household with only my mother. My father was not there. I didn't get to see my dad a lot. I was really close with my dad, especially after my mom died. I hadn't seen my dad from January to mid-July. All I could think about was, oh my All God, I could is remember he okay? From that You're going through life and it's tough, but what's going to happen to you? How do you get through it? Does anyone even understand? I wish someone could tell me what to do. Hi, I'm Samantha Logan, and this is We Got You, a podcast for kids whose hard questions are answered by the older teenage kids who have already been through it. My guest today is Melissa. Melissa is 16 years old. Her parents separated when she was very young, like not even five. And she grew up living mainly with her mother. And although her father was present in her life, it was never consistent. And she talks here about how his coming in and out of her life affected her and what she learned in the process. My name is Melissa. I'm 17 and I'm from Dallas, Texas. My mom and my dad moved in together whenever they were young. They didn't um, get married. My mom had gone through postpartum depression and he didn't know how to deal with that. So they ended up just, you know, parting their ways and she came back to stay with my grandma and I ended up living with her. Their arguments sometimes would get in the way of him coming to see me or remembering that whatever they got going on doesn't really necessarily need to affect the relationship he has with his daughter. I was probably about two or three. And at the time, I had no idea what was going on. I thought, you know, he just didn't want to come see me because there were some days where he would call me and say, I'm going to go pick you up. I would get really excited and wait outside with my backpack and my family knew that he wasn't going to come pick me up. That's where my trust issues started to develop. It would just be constantly a routine. My family would see that and they would try to protect me, try to help me understand that it's not my problem or it's not my fault. But once you're that age, you have no idea or really understand what they're trying to tell you that you can't help but feel the way you feel. I was in sixth grade when I was diagnosed with scoliosis. The people at hospital were saying that it was really severe and that I was most likely just gonna need the surgery. 
We told him the appointment was coming up for the brace. He didn't come. Every time we texted him, he would text back, but he would never come. And throughout the six months, I was not contacted to see how I was doing with my brace. When we went back to evaluate whether I needed surgery, then he was also contacted because we could just feel that we were most likely gonna need the surgery. He knew about the appointment, he knew about my surgery and everything, and he had not contacted me. And they were getting ready to take me into surgery. I didn't even know he was there. He had ended up somehow getting in the same elevator as me and my mom going up to the surgery floor. And when we were on our way up, he started crying. When I came out of my surgery and I was just in my room, I felt kind of awkward. I didn't know how to feel. I was grateful that he was there. But at the same time, I was just kind of feeling like, why are you here if you haven't been for all of my other appointments? You know, it seemed like he really cared and that he was showing his vulnerability. And so from then, I kind of took it as a step of thinking, oh, he wants to be there for me, wants to do better. Because even though I had a lot of resentment towards him for those years and years, then um, I still wanted that relationship. I hadn't seen my dad for probably about a year or two. Once he had stopped talking to me before my seventh grade year, he made me feel like he was never going to come back. So that led me into going into wrong friendships, wrong relationships, because I had learned that from such a young age from my father, the person who was supposed to be my male figure, help me get through everything. He didn't show me, you know, it's not supposed to be like this. You're not supposed to just let people treat you that way. And it was so easy for me to let myself be treated that way because he made me feel that way. I went through you know, really bad spots to where I had to turn to bad people, bad things, bad habits. And I completely lost focus of my studies and started to think that all the other stuff was more important. You know, I started to lose myself. I didn't even recognize who I was at the end. I think him not being constant in my life really affected me. I felt like I couldn't trust people because I felt like I couldn't trust him to keep his word whenever he would say he would be there and he wasn't there. I felt like I threw away the first couple of years of my high school life because I was trying to prove to him that I was worthy enough for him to be in my life and trying to show him in the wrong ways that I wanted him to pay attention to me. I feel like whenever he came back, he really threw me off of everything and the uncertainty just kind of, I feel like it took over me even more because I didn't know whether he was actually gonna stay or go or make me go through it again or, you know, actually be there for me. I didn't want to have to go through the pain. Once you go through it over and over again, all it does is hurt you more and more because you are their kid and you see how other parents act towards their kids. So it makes you feel like 
that's how I should be treated. It just frightens you because you have no idea whether you're going to have that good relationship or you're not. I let my emotions for him and my fear of all that happening lead into my bad decisions. That's why I tried harder and harder to do stuff to get his attention, which years later realized that that's why I did it. But I didn't realize that I was actually hurting my relationship with my mom. I feel like because of the situation with my dad, because of our relationship, I it made me grow up sooner because I wanted to make the relationship with my dad work and I wanted to understand why I was being treated the way I was treated. I cared about getting his his approval, his attention, his affection. Even though me and him had never been like that, you want to feel that and you want to, you know, obviously feel accepted. But at that moment and everything that was going on, I didn't feel that way and I didn't accept myself and I wasn't even happy with myself. It really just affected my whole self-esteem and just the want for me to do better. I wish I had known in middle school that regardless of how anybody sees me or how anybody makes me feel, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, I'm the one that's going to get myself out of what I'm going through. How I view myself is more important than how anybody else views me because I want to be successful for myself. I would tell myself to remember that I am worthy of everything that I want to achieve and that I need to remember to ignore how anybody else feels about me in a negative way because regardless, those people are not going to help you succeed. No matter what anybody says and no matter what anybody makes you feel, that I want myself to remember my worth and that I can do so much more of what anybody thinks I'm capable of or what even I think I'm capable of. Remember that you have been trying your best, even if your father or your parent hasn't made you feel that way. It is up to your parents to be there. And if they don't want to be there, you get up, you do better for yourself, you push through to your studies. So whenever you're doing better, they see that and remember that they should have been there for you. No matter what you're going through, how bad you want that relationship, how much pain you've gone through, you have to remember that it's not your fault. When you are trying your best, that's all that matters. Something Melissa said, I think, is incredibly important to remember. Quote, I wish I had known in middle school that regardless of how anybody sees me or how anybody makes me feel, it doesn't matter. I am worthy of everything that I want to achieve. That's pretty cool. 
So now is the part of the show where we take questions from you out there. We ask kids to age 9 through 13 around the country through various networks to submit, and we had lots of responses. So if you would like to submit a question for future episodes, DM us on our Instagram account, We Got You Show. Today's teen panel, we have Melissa, joined by Taylor, who we spoke to last week about her father being absent. What would you tell a younger kid that had a parent that was absent from their life? I would tell that child that it's not their fault, that it wasn't something they did. I totally agree with that. Sometimes whenever you have separated parents, you tend to think and blame yourself because obviously you're in the middle, but your parents just want to show you they love you at the same time. But it's easy to blame yourself and you should remember that it's never your fault. And either way, if your parents are separated or not, their main purpose is you and they still love you. Sometimes your parents can get divorced at a young age and being the youngest, you think, oh, it's because of me. I or because they fight a lot and naturally a child will think I did something wrong. That's why they're fighting. I didn't get good enough grades. That's why they're doing this. I didn't do the dishes. That's why they're doing this. Kids tend to think that just because they didn't do one thing that they caused this whole event. I totally agree. And um, with the kids now, whenever you see your parents fighting, it's hard to actually know what's going on because they keep it from you they keep it because they don't want you to know or see them fighting because as parents they don't like to see you they don't like to put that example for their kids so as a kid when you don't know you just tend to assume and you're just like why are they keeping this from me I want to know I just want to feel included so I feel like if parents were to tell the kids more of what's going on instead of keeping it from them until saying that they're finally getting separated it wouldn't be as easy for kids to blame themselves. There would be less of that. Because as a child, when you're excluded, it makes you feel lonely. And then you start thinking about all the things you've done. And it starts to make you feel like, oh, it is my fault because they're not telling me nothing. And, you know, they're getting angry and they're being upset. So as long as you just were to hear it's not your fault, but we're, it, this is just between us, it would just make it clearer and understand and just make it easier overall. I totally agree with that. Just letting the child know that it's not their fault and having us sit down, maybe discussing that they're fighting because of adult reasons and not what you're doing. It will not affect you as much as not telling you because not telling you means, oh, they're not telling me because they know I did something wrong. My dad promised he'd take me shopping, but came to pick us up three hours late and said there was a road closed and he couldn't get to us in time. He never called my mom to say he would be late, but said he couldn't call because he was driving. I feel like I don't know if he was telling the truth and maybe he didn't want to take me. Is it my fault? It's not your fault. Sometimes it is traffic. Sometimes it's adults. But no, it's not your fault. And if you feel like you can't talk to them, talk to your mom or try to have a sit down with your dad and be like, hey, maybe we can compromise, do 
an hour shopping, an hour of spending time together, and maybe try to compromise so you guys can spend time together and not feel the way you feel and think it's your fault because he's three hours late because you wanted to go shopping. It's not your fault at all. Don't ever think it is your fault. Sadly, when you go into adulthood, there is traffic. There is that you don't want to, you know, be on the phone while you're driving because it could be dangerous. But don't blame yourself. The main important part is that he still pulled through and was able to be there for you and still came by to see you and still took you. As long as your parents are still fulfilling their promises, it's a blessing that they're still there and they want to still be able to carry out that promise for you. Maybe you could just talk to him and be like, Paul, let me know you're going to be late. So I don't feel this way. Personally, I, I think it was a nice question to ask because if you're feeling that like that, you should talk to your parent because having that inside you is just going to cause problems for yourself and thinking it's your fault all the time when really adults have more responsibilities they have to carry out. And even though he was three hours late, he still had the time to show up, be there. Unlike a lot of other kids whose fathers just say they are going to be there and don't show up at all, he still made it out of his way to come. Okay, so I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to We Got You. We Got You is a podcast that gives a voice to every kid out there who doesn't have anyone to go to for advice, who might be scared to ask their friends, older siblings, or parents for help. We're here for you. And remember that right now is just a tiny part of your life and you will get through it. Tune in for the next episode where we speak with Beck, a 17-year-old who talks about the struggle of making friends when you are the youngest person in the group. If you want a chance to have your questions answered or appear on our show, submit your questions via DM on our Instagram at WeGotYouShow or visit us at WeGotYouShow.com. We Got You is sponsored by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with special thanks to PRX and Tracks for Support. Production assistant is Carolina Garrigo. Theme music by Dima. Original composition by Dimitri Libman, Ollie Chang, and Guy Brown. Music edit, sound design, and mix by Rob Ballingal. Dialogue edit by Michelle Medias. And music supervision by Justin Morris. We Got You is created, written, and produced by Hallie Petro and Brandon Leganke in association with Sonic Union NYC. If you need to speak with someone about any issue you are facing, Youthline is a hotline you can call for help 24-7. Dial 877-968-8491 or text teen to teen to 839863. Till next time, this is Samantha Logan saying, we got you. Support for Tracks comes from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. This is Tracks from PRX.